Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. Now, strangers, we've described some truly unpleasant things to you over the course of this entire show, and we like to think that we usually undersell them, that we couch the terrifying in some dry humor, and it all comes out in the wash. We pride ourselves on having pretty strong stomachs for this sort of thing. Give us your body parts preserved in jars, your weird blobs, your haunted objects, and you'll mostly be met with serene Mona Lisa smiles. After all, it's all in a day's work for those of us who've made this our hobby. And that's why we're pleased to gather the stories from forgotten papers and bring them to you like little journalistic elves or goblins, whichever you prefer. So, all this to say, it's rare when we see a photograph in a newspaper archive and have a visceral reaction. But the subject of today's story got us there. We exclaimed. There were expletives. There were furrowed brows, double and triple takes, jaws on the floor, aghast at what had appeared before us. Listeners, This was our reaction to a picture of Robert the Doll. Robert the Doll is allegedly haunted, and to see him is too well, believe that that's probably true. Our previous foray into the haunted toy area was a classic baby doll, and ostensibly we understand the notion that it might have one time appealed to, well, someone. But we cannot understand Robert. There is simply no denying the fact that Robert is, put generously, very creepy. And put less generously, well, he's horrifying. He's one of Florida's most gloriously awful exports, and his story starts around the turn of the 20th century. Now, we've called him a doll so far, as many people do, but technically, Robert is not one. At least he wasn't designed to be. 
he became a doll out of use rather than design. Let us explain. Robert is roughly the size of a six-year-old child, and according to the Stife Company, in his pre-doll life, he was likely a mannequin in a shop window. We'll get into his transition into doll territory in a moment, but let's unpack his present appearance first. Because yes, unfortunately, Robert is still kicking, or sitting, whatever. Robert's body is made of foam and fabric, to which the decades have not been kind. His skin is yellowed like the paper of books at your grandparents' house. He's dressed in a sailor suit, white with pastel blue accents. He is stuffed with straw, and he remains somewhat floppy as a result. His face is the worst part. It's vaguely humanoid, but either has lost definition over the years or never had it to begin with. Imagine taking a lazy eraser to someone's features. Are you picturing that? Make it worse. So, the shape of his face is roughly an oval, with a slight raised part in the middle and two pink dots that allude to nostrils. His eyes are pitch black and perfectly round, made worse by tiny, painted-on eyebrows hovering above. His mouth bears only the suggestion of lips, but is now more a single, perfectly horizontal line. It is bulging slightly at the sides, in a move that's probably intended to evoke full, childlike cheeks. Instead, it achieves the effect of I'm holding a mouthful of bees and a horrible secret. Robert the doll also has hair. Oh, does he? It's short and blonde, peeking out from under his sailor cap. According to the record, Robert's hair is human. Hair from whom? Wouldn't we like to know? Or actually, maybe we wouldn't. Nowadays, Robert is encased in glass in a Florida museum. But for the purposes of our story, we need you to imagine Robert outside the confines of that museum exhibit and back in his heyday. You see, at one time, Robert the doll was loved deeply, and many argue, to a fault, by a little boy named Otto. Technically, Otto was actually the boy's surname, but he used it as a nickname, and you'll find out why in a moment. But to begin, the boy's full name was Robert Eugene Otto. According to the Miami Herald, Robert Eugene Otto was born in Key West, Florida in 1898, in a house his father had built by hand. His father, Thomas Otto, owned two local drugstores. The family had been in Key West for three generations. How exactly Robert the doll ended up in Otto's possession is unclear. The Fort Lauderdale News claimed that Otto's parents had helped raise a girl from the Caribbean when Otto was small and that Otto had received Robert from that girl as a kind of gift. Who the girl was or what helped raise means exactly or where or how she might have acquired a doll the size of a human child, yes, that's also somewhat unclear. The Stife Company has chimed in as we said, and believes Robert is one of their creations from the late 1800s or early 1900s. Now likely, Robert was part of a window display of, and we're not kidding, clowns. Where that display might have been or what happened to those mannequins after they were finished with their tour of duty, 
is, you guessed it, unclear. But the story goes that Robert Eugene Otto somehow received the life-sized, hay-stuffed mannequin at around the age of six in 1904. The mannequin became a doll in the possession of a child who played with it nearly constantly. And then the human boy Robert gave the doll his own first name. In turn, he started going by his middle name, or his last name, Otto, instead. That's quite a commitment, right? Right. If you thought this story was about to take a turn for the heartwarming, think again. Instead, it's going to be weird, because young Otto didn't just play with his new companion. He treated Robert the doll like a sentient creature. In fact, according to the Fort Lauderdale News, he almost treated Robert as a kind of alter ego. Quote, when he got in trouble, he would blame the doll. He would say, Robert did it. According to the record, things around the house would go missing or be broken, and the child would insist it was always Robert's fault. The reporter wrote that Otto could often be heard playing with Robert in his room and that multiple voices and giggles were audible. Plus, there's this. Quote, Sometimes, when only Robert was in the room, not only could giggling be heard, but also the scratch and thud of objects being dragged across the floor. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not to get all Pixar on you, but as young boys often do, Otto grew up and forsook his toys. For a while, at least. According to the Miami Herald, he left Florida to study art and architecture. And where Robert the Doll was for that time in Otto's life is unclear. But sources suggest that Robert remained behind in Key West while Otto studied abroad. Maybe Otto felt that his friend wouldn't be a great wingman at college keggers. But it seems that Otto was content to leave Robert at home. We imagine his family breathed a quiet sigh of relief. Per the Miami Herald, Otto became a moderately successful painter and also was an organizer of floral shows. 
He traveled around, studying everything from the classics to the modernists. He spent his 20s and 30s in Europe and Chicago and New York. But despite his travels and new global perspectives, he had not outgrown Robert, not forever. Far from it. When Otto returned to Key West in the 1940s, he did so with a new wife and with a renewed fixation on Robert the Doll. It was almost like the two had never been separated. We have to wonder, had Otto always planned on reuniting with Robert? Or was it being in the vicinity of his companion that reignited his fixation? According to the Fort Lauderdale News, Otto, now in his 40s and the owner of the family home, returned to Key West and got started on some renovations. Namely, quote, he built a special attic room for Robert, complete with its own correctly proportioned furniture and toys. He would often go up to the attic to talk to the doll. According to the Post, Robert was positioned in his attic such that he looked out the upstairs window onto passersby below. So the next time you're irritated with your neighbors, well, consider that possibility. Local children would apparently gather outside the house to keep an eye on Robert. They could allegedly see him walking around, not unlike a person, through the attic window. The Palm Beach Post wrote that Otto would dress Robert each morning in custom Robert-sized clothes. In an encounter with police over a domestic disturbance that had left his wife injured, the now-grown Otto told authorities that he wasn't responsible for it. But Robert was. Slowly but surely, word trickled out that Robert wasn't just a creepy fixture in the neighborhood, like those Halloween decorations that your neighbor keeps up until Valentine's Day. That neighbor is us. Whispers among neighbors and those who had the fortune or misfortune of entering the house coalesced. Was Robert a vehicle for some malevolent something, a spirit, an energy, According to the Fort Lauderdale News, a plumber reported doing work in the attic and hearing a giggle. When he turned around, Robert would somehow disappear and reappear in different positions around the room. According to the Palm Beach Post, Otto's health began to fail in the late 1960s, and he spent an increasing amount of time in the attic talking to Robert. He eventually died in 1969, leaving Robert to his wife, who we have to imagine was eager to have some peace and quiet. But several years later, Otto's wife, fighting a losing battle with cancer, sold the Key West house under the condition that whoever purchased it would leave the attic intact with Robert undisturbed. Whoever would possibly agree to that is not us. But according to the Post, the house was bought though the purchaser did not personally live there. In fact, the house was rented out by the late 70s. It was then that a schoolteacher named Malcolm Ross visited friends who were renting the property and who, as all good friends would, took him upstairs to show him the creepy doll in the attic. Per Malcolm's account, Robert's blank black eyes were riveting. As his friends explained Robert's story, the Post wrote, quote, Ross looked at the doll and noticed a change in its expression. It seemed that Robert was following the conversation. One of Malcolm's friends then had the poor judgment to joke about what a fool a grown man must have been 
to love a doll so devotedly. And then, quote, when Ross glanced at Robert, he saw an expression there he remembers as disdain. He thought, this doll is listening to us. If Robert the doll had indeed been listening, the superstitious took what happened next as a statement that he did not like what he'd heard. Not long after that incident, the Post wrote that the homeowner died of carbon monoxide poisoning, and some postulated that this was an act of defiance from Robert, who didn't take kindly to the renters and their friends. Whether Robert was capable of understanding the renter-landlord relationship or whether he was just taking up his complaint with the man in charge, well, you'd have to ask him. Go on, we dare you. The house was sold again, and somewhere in the transition, Robert went missing for several years. In the Post's 1989 account, the doll had been gone for years, and the current residents of the house didn't know anything about him. In 1996, the Miami Herald reported that Robert had resurfaced a few years prior, and he'd been found a new home at the East Martello Museum. He'd been, quote, locked in a back room and covered with a sheet until recently, which seems like a great way to upset a moody doll if you ask us. But now he was on display in a fancy glass box with some Robert-sized furniture. The glass had a job, insofar as protecting Robert from the elements. Over a century in Florida doesn't exactly keep a textile in mint condition. Per the record, Robert had been aged both by the sun and a silverfish infestation, the latter of which pockmarked his fabric face. If such a thing might concern you, it's important to note that the glass box also kept Robert contained. Though, per the post, quote, workers swear that he's sometimes in a different position in the morning than he was when they left him. According to the record, Robert apparently developed an array of tricks to keep the museum on its toes. Staff would sometimes claim to see white shapes flying up and down at great speeds in the museum hallways. Sometime in the early 2000s, Robert picked up a habit of turning all the lights in the museum on and off at the same time, a feat that should have required eight people minimum to man the switches throughout the complex. And then there was that one curator, the curator who allegedly didn't believe in flying objects or haunted dolls, until, according to the record, she didn't show up for work one day. Her bike was still chained up outside the museum, and it turned out that the previous night, she'd left on foot in a hurry. Quote, her co-workers learned later that something she'd seen in Robert's wing of the building sent her screaming into the night. She didn't slow down until she got home. According to the record, Robert hasn't given up the proverbial ghost to this day. Quote, people claim to see him shift in his chair and change facial expressions. The doll's most common offense is electric interference. Handheld devices fail. People taking pictures find themselves with corrupted blank and unrecognizable images. According to the record, visitors are now advised to follow these steps if they'd like to photograph Robert. You must introduce yourself, take the photo, and then thank Robert when you are done. 
These steps will, apparently, prevent him from destroying your camera. Something we need to add here. For over a decade now, Robert has not been alone in his glass box. He has a toy with him, a small raggedy plush lion. Per the record, that lion had apparently been on display in another exhibit at the museum until one day, quote, a volunteer cleaning the windows on the cases in the dollhouse exhibit noticed something missing, a pronounced space between two of the stuffed animals. She checked to see if the case had been left unlocked or possibly pried open, but she found no signs of either. Making a mental note to report the missing item to the curator, she continued cleaning the museum. As she began wiping the glass on Robert's case, she suddenly noticed that missing toy sitting on Robert's lap. Historic Tours of America guy Thomas Locklear told the reporter in 2016, Most of us have seen him move. I took photos of a new guide in Robert's room without asking permission. I figured I wasn't taking pictures of Robert, just in his room, and it didn't matter. The phone I was using got very hot and stopped working before I left. When I took it to Verizon the next day, they said the entire inside of the phone had burned up and they'd never seen anything like it. The Herald reported that a psychic has supposedly visited Robert at the museum and confirmed that, quote, he feels better now, that he has his own exhibit and a toy and a deferential staff of museum workers, which is, we guess, a good thing. As a business strategy, we have to say that we're not much for the make visitors to this obscure museum in Key West fear you. It just doesn't seem like a great way to build a loyal fan base or even one that won't demand an exorcism prior to entry. In fact, it seems like a recipe for an empty building and a lonely little spirit, except for one strange thing. Robert the Doll is deeply extremely popular on Key West and well beyond its waters. And as much as folks seem to fear him, oh, they seem to love him too. According to the museum's website, Robert receives fan mail, at least a few letters or emails a day. Often, this correspondence comes from people who visited Robert and say they experienced misfortune shortly thereafter. They apparently attribute those events to having joked or scoffed at Robert, and they write begging for his forgiveness and mercy. The record describes letters posted all along the walls of Robert's exhibit space, ones from children and adults, handwritten and typed, some in languages other than English. Most are of the nature we just described. Per the record, quote, They're apologizing, begging forgiveness, outlining the perils that had befallen them since disrespecting the doll. Tales of woe, stories of accidents, lost wallets, pestilence and disease, and conked out cars and broken cameras. From those hoping to ward off bad luck, Robert receives lots of candy, both left at his feet at the museum and mailed to the building. Per Atlas Obscura, the museum staff don't eat anything sent to Robert, thus, quote, exercising caution. According to Atlas Obscura, occasionally, someone will even leave Robert drug paraphernalia, which seems like either the worst possible thing to offer a malevolent child spirit 
or maybe the best, he might just chill out a little. Robert the Doll is on social media and has 100,000 followers on Facebook. He is the inspiration behind pretty much all your favorite haunted doll media, including Chucky and Annabelle and 2023's evil big-eyed ingenue, Mothrigan, we mean Megan. Robert the Doll went on a tour of sorts in 2014. According to the Miami Herald, he left Key West for the first time in over a century to attend the Atlantic Paranormal Society Convention. And a Key West distillery has named a spiced rum in Robert's honor. You can purchase his biography or mini Robert dolls at the museum or in their online gift shop. If you'd like to send someone you love or hate a Robert snow globe, that's where you do it. You're welcome. It's a funny thing, but it seems that Robert has built a reputation as not only harboring a vengeful spirit, but also a bit of a benevolent one, too. Much of the Robert merch is sold as a means to ward off bad energy. Just to be clear, we are not disrespecting Robert, in case Robert somehow hears this, but we're sure the face wards off all manner of unsavory things. It seems that it would probably always be a good thing to have Robert on your side. So, uh, if our audio gear melts after this episode comes out, we'll be sure to let everyone know. In the meantime, we thank Robert the Doll for his understanding and hope he has a great day. And if any of you know how much it costs to send a large box of candy to Key West, drop us a line and let us know. No reason. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers, from the lives of regular people just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an independently produced podcast. To support the show and hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll get ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, full-length bonus episodes, blogs, and monthly live streams, all for $5 a month. We hope you'll check it out. There's a link in our show notes. And as of April 2023, we're offering two bonus episodes a month. And if you enjoy our show, please take a moment to leave us a great rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.